Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where we'll be previewing day three of the Cheltenham Festival and this time I'm joined by Mark Horosky and Paul Callahan. Mark, we've not had you on the podcast for a little while but you looking forward to getting stuck into Cheltenham? Yeah, absolutely buzzing for it and we'll be working during it but I'm still absolutely buzzing for it and hopefully there's a few people in the office as well for a bit of an atmosphere. Uh, and we can get a couple of favourites beat to push up that share price as well. But yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, well, there, there maybe could be some favourites that do get beaten. Um, I know there could be one or two we'll be discussing in this podcast. But uh, Paul, also, how are you keeping um, keeping busy? Yeah, keeping busy, um, keeping very well. Looking forward to have a, have a good weekend of sports. So look forward to um, a bit of racing at Sandown and Navin on Saturday afternoon. That'll lead us nicely into Cheltenham. And be f- but in between that, I'm going to watch my beloved County Meath play Cork in the, the National Football League at Navin on Sunday. So really looking forward to that. And that'll kick, kick start the week. So, yeah, sight. Sounds like uh, we've got a sports festival going on then, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Can't beat it. Cool. So lovely stuff from the guys end. So let's get into it then. So the first race we're going to look at is the 130. It's the Turner's Novices Chase, grade one, over two and a half miles. It looks a match on paper. It looks like we're going to get it between Bob Bollinger and Gallopin Deschamps. This race could really cut up. Um, but Paul, how are you seeing this one? Were you in one of the um, the, the big twos camp? Yeah, I, it feels a bit like cheating here because I'm a, I'm a huge Bob Bollinger fan. But I just think for me, his jumping over fences, he's a little bit too careful for me. And if he spends, he just spends that half a second or a second too long in the air. So for that reason, I'm going to side with Gallop and Deschamps. He was a, an impressive winner of a grade one novice chase at the, the Dublin Racing Festival over two miles and five. He raced wide, has a tendency to race a little bit keen. But as you said, a match race, I don't think we're going to get much, many more in the field for the, the two runners. It's going to be a small field here. And I'm just going to say the jumping's going to sway for me on the in the favour of Gallop and the Sean. Yeah, I think you hit the nail perfectly on the head there. I personally myself would probably just go for Bob Bollinger, but I find it really hard to separate them. The only thing I would say is that with Gallop and Deschamps, I don't think he was quite as impressive as he was on his debut. Um, and also as well, I was a bit concerned about how close Gallard de Manil finished. He was only uh, 15 lengths behind, whereas when he met Bob Ollinger, he was even further back in the field. So, I don't know. I just think maybe Bob Ollinger has got a bigger engine, but Gallopin is, like you say, he's probably maybe just the better jumper of the two. So, I think it's very hard to separate them. But, um, like you say, it's pretty good. Do you think, Chris, sorry, that maybe they were trying to guess the, the winner galloping the shunt to, to settle a bit and try and educate him a bit more last time out? Yeah, possi- possibly. Through the gears, like, just that he has that tendency to race a little keen. Yeah, yeah, that that is possible. Um, I, I think you, you just hit the nail on the head. He, he's a very good jumper. And Bob, we he's been okay, you know, but you just maybe... Yeah have that unknown about him going around Cheltenham you know he's still quite inexperienced the, the one horse I would just give a mention to is Capadano uh, he unseated uh, last time out uh, he, he actually gave Bob Ollinger a, a bit of a scare um, in the Kildare novice chase at Punchestown I think he's maybe a little bit overpriced and he might be able to uh, run a big race but yeah I, th- I think it's really hard to see anything outside 
of the top two. Um, how about you though, Mark? Did you have anything more imaginative for us or are you sticking with one of the market principles? I think we'll go uh, similar to Paul for Willie Mullins, Gallant Deschamps. Uh, it beats uh, this year's Kim Muir winner, Kim Muir winner on the 28th of December. Ain't that a shame? A little plug for later. It absolutely hacked up and beat one of our favourites, Master McShee, um, at Leperstown as well next time out. Stable's absolutely flying as well. Uh, I think uh, Gareth Deschamps is the one to be on here, but again, it will be close. I don't think you want to be on the distances here, but I think Gareth Deschamps will prevail on the day. Okay, two votes for Gallopin. I'm just going to give the nod for Bob Ollinger, but like we all agree, it, it looks a very tight race. Okay, the next race we're going to look at is the 250 at Cheltenham. It's the Ryanair Chase registered as the Festival Trophies Grade 1 contest, and Alaho, uh, again, is a short price favourite here. He's 4-7 to seven for Willie Mullins. Conflated next in the bet, and it was confirmed earlier in the week that Gordon Elliott will be sending him here. Shamblu is an interesting runner. I've not seen him since he was going great guns in the Charlie Hall. We know El Dorado, Allen, and Janadil are quite likely to line up here as well. So it might not be completely plain sailing for Alaho, but for many people, he is their idea of uh, the banker of the week. Is he your banker of the week, Mark? I think if he gets to the front and gets an uncontested lead, sets the tempo, I mean, he's 4 to 7, 8 to 13, best price available right now. And he could easily be trading threes on with a circuit out, he could easily burn these off. Um, I've seen a few people have put up Shan Blue as well around seven to one. He was uh, he was well clear the weather be last time and fell. Um, it was a really bad fall. Thank God he got up from that one. But um, conflated as well. Interesting runner for for Gigginstown and Gordon Elliott. But I think Alaho is difficult to beat, isn't he? He's shown it around Cheltenham. Um, I think he'll probably just turn it into procession, just grind them out. That's the way I see it going. I think he's going to trade very short, very quickly. Yeah, well, he would be the first horse for quite a while to win back-to-back uh, -back renewals of this. I don't think it's been done since potentially Alberta's run. Don't quote you know, me on that. You know, but... it, could a, it could be a danger. Is a, a bit of subliminal messaging here right behind me. Is the old boy, Envoy LN. He's 16-1. to 1. Um, He can reproduce his old form. He could be dangerous here. Yeah, I don't think they've completely decided where they're going. He could still maybe go in the champion chase. That's maybe why you're getting a bigger price about him. But... I don't think he's got enough pace for that. I think he'd be better over this trip. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think he, he's maybe quite as effective over two miles. Two and a half probably would be his cup of tea. But yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting race, maybe within the without Alaho market. But uh, yeah, Mark's quite keen that Alaho is probably going to get the job done. Are we in agreement, Paul, Alaho? Yeah, I think it's just short and sweet. It's probably the easiest race he'll line up in so far this year. Yeah, you know, I know you're second on on seasonal reappearance. No, yeah, you're second at Punchestown towards the back end of last season at the end of April behind Shaka Brossois. He's two from two this season. I can't see Annette getting past him. Conflated. It was documented. I know he won the Irish Gold Cup last time out. Manella Endo, he had back in second, a little over six lengths behind him. But I think he's a horse that needs things to fall right with him. He, he needs to be. I think he, he it will help him to be allowed to dictate things up front. I don't think Conflated is going to get that here. So, yeah, you won't maybe not a race for me to be getting involved with betting-wise, but I can't see past Alamo. Okay. You know as well, if an argument doesn't run here, well, he, could go off, he could go off two to nine, two to seven. Yeah, could well cut up. and It will cut up. And, and you don't know, Sean Blue, as you mentioned, had a heavy fall last time out. What's he going to be like? You'd imagine his comp, well, may or may not. It depends how, how mentally tough he is, but... Is that fall going to be in the back of his mind? We won't know until he jumps the first two or three, until he gets into a rhythm or, or not, as the case may be. Yeah. The, the one horse I will just give a uh, a positive for that I think could maybe finish second to him, 
um, is El Dorado Allen. I think that was a good run last time at Newbury. There was maybe uh, a few rumours going around that he could be going for the Gold Cup after he won at Newbury. But uh, Joe Tizard was keen to stick with the Ryanair. He's been very progressive. He's still quite unexposed over these intermediate staying trips. I just thought if they did get maybe in a battle up front between Alho and Conflated, uh, he might be just sitting there with a patient ride. He might be able to pick up the pieces and maybe at least finish second. And I thought twelve to one, he wasn't actually a bad price. So yeah, El Dorado Allen, I think maybe might finish second behind Alho. But we're all in agreement. Alho probably will get the job done, and it'll be hopefully a pleasure to see him win if he gets a good round of jumping in. So that's uh, the Ryanair covered. We then move on to the feature race of the day, which is the Paddy Power Stairs Hurdle. Um, Florian Porter uh, is your current favourite. He's three to one. Classical Dream and Time Hill at nine to two. Champ at five to one. Paisley at seven to one. And bigger are the rest. I have to say this is probably the trickiest race I would say of the week. I didn't have a particularly strong fancy. Uh, did you have uh, a strong fancy in this one, Paul? I actually do. Well, I, I had. I'm kind of semi coming around to the to the to the Time Hill camp, but he's in the back of my head. But I'm with Paisley Park here. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm converted. I can't believe what I'm just about to say after spending so much time listening to, to Mark Karoski here. But if I was going to lay anything, I might just, if I was hitting the lay button, I might just lay a floor and portrait and classical dream. I could see the two of them taking each other on. I think the top two in the market here, floor and portrait, classical dream, the best form comes when being allowed to dictate. And I don't think either of Jockey is going to want to give up that lead in the first half mile. It's crucial to Florian Porter and Classical Dream. And for that reason, I'm going to anticipate the fractions being far too fast in the early stages. And I think that just might set it up nicely for Paisley Park and Aidan Coleman. Mm, interesting thoughts there from Paul. I can see your angle there. I wouldn't put you off, Paisley. I might just have a saver on him. One horse I will give a mention to whilst we're on this. I was just ha- I hadn't even really con- considered him, but then I-, I started looking into it. it. Was song for someone? First go at three miles. He's always, especially this season, been hitting that hinting that maybe he wants maybe to have a crack at this trip he's been good over two miles in the past he's been lazy this season racing behind the bridle i think this is potentially his only entry at the festival he's 50 to one i think maybe the top two in the betting maybe could maybe blow each other's brains out and maybe who knows song for someone at 50 to one there could be an outsider win it this year and who knows he's seven years old still um not got to to the end of his career maybe he might be able to run a big race but yeah it's a it's a horrible puzzle to work out do you have the answer for us mark i'm with paul caravan here um my thoughts exactly with uh, florin poor i think he's a horrible price at five to two um put him up last year 20s 25s had an uncontested lead danny mullins gave him an absolute peach there's no way he's going to get an uncontested lead this way this time around classical dream they're going to cut it up five to two I think it's a bit of a clown price. I could see him falling away. I can see easily see him out of the places here. He's probably going to be a place lay on the day for me for Empora. Um, I can see a boil over here. Um, and the one I've actually came down on at a big price, I'd looked at Song for someone as well. I think he can improve the step up and trip. He's 50 to 1. He's probably going to be about 80s, 100 on the bet for exchange. Lisnagar Oscar is the one. I think he was an eye catcher last time out behind Paisley Park. Travel like a dream and um, just faded away. He has won this race before and popped in at a massive price when Paisley Park uh, was disappointing. He's 33 to 1 on the sports break right now. I think he'll be bigger on the day. Um, I can see him 
running a big race. Because last time was a big improvement on what he's shown. Um, and it like I would probably have Champ as favourite here. Like the way this race is going to end up, Classicers you know, and Thorne are going to cut each other up, and Champ's going to be the one potentially running on with Paisley Park. I think they've got the market wrong here. Um, Thorne Port, you've got to be taking that one. I don't know who's backing that fight to. It's mad. It's a tricky one because the stats will tell you that older horses don't have a a very good record in this race. It's normally the younger stairs, but we've not really got one in in here this year, so it, it's a bit of a muddling race. And you can make cases for a lot of them. You can see why Florin Porter would be maybe towards the top of the market. Maybe he is a bit short, but you just I got... didn't like that run last time out against Classical Dream. I think it was a poor run. I wasn't. Did, didn't he, he got back. He got left at the start. He got left about, didn't he? Get, he got left at about 10 or 15 lengths at the start. Paul Townend had a look around. He couldn't believe he was let off out in front. Where's Paul Paisley um, Park? How many did he lose? And he done the business. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. He, yeah. he was. Hopefully, Paisley doesn't do that. Um, I'm probably going to be shopping at Aldi for about a month, but I can't <laughs> see it, I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I can, I even at that percent last day, I think a floor and porter. Gets gets away with classical dream. I think the two of them are, are gone too fast at Leperson last time out. That's that's. I think we're all kind of in agreement there. Coming into to this contest, I think if the two of them line up side by side and jump off, start hitting that pink button in the place market. I can't believe I, can't believe I said that. You're. I'm starting to get you round to the the, the yeah, correct yeah. place. I have to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> when the fun stops. Okay. I think you can probably gather from that that we just don't fancy the market principles and we think that there could be a surprise. I think I think we can agree <laughs> on that. Anyway, enough talking of Betfair. The the last race we're going to look at, the last race we're going to look at on day three before we get into our any other business section is the Ryanair Mayor's Novices Hurdle. It's a grade two. And this looks a bit of a tricky puzzle. Willie Mullins dominates the betting at the top of the market. Dino Blue, who's been all the rage, she's run about a nine to four chance. Brandy Love has been a little bit weak. She's now out to eleven to four in places. Party Central is eleven to two. Was a real impressive winner last time out. We then got Impervious, Grangy, plenty in here. Love Envoy as well, a horse that I don't mean no pun intended. Absolutely love. Um, she's been very impressive this season for Harry Fry. She might just find it on the sharp side. Statuaire, um, there's plenty of strong claims in this race. But I'll come to you here, Mark. You can have first say, who did you like in the Mayor's Novices Hurdle? I think the mark is quite similar to the last race that we covered. A bit of, like, thinner blue for Willie Mullins. 2-1, to 9-4. She's short enough from what she's shown. Um, complete unknown quantity. You want to be diving in there at 2-1. to one. I'm not so sure. Brandy Love, again, this looks a clown price for me around nine to four, five to two. The way that she she hung left, there's no there's no way you'd be, you'd be tanking her at two to one, nine to four. Um, it looks like might bike volume two. She jumps the last in front. You can see her hanging all over the place. Um, she could be in front and she could do the same thing. I think you want to be opposing her. Of the top two, Brandy Love would be the one I want to be taking on. Um, I thought Party Central was solid around 11 to two. I'd have her shorter. And agree with Love Envoy as well. She was around 16s earlier in the week. She's four from four. She looks progressive for Harry Fry. Harry Fry is stable to fly in at the moment, 30% strike rate. But I'd probably take Love Envoy and Party Central against the top two in the bang here. I think Grongy, um, another one for William, got to improve that one. Statuaire, could she bounce back as well? I thought she was pretty disappointing last time out. She, she faded away rapidly. Um, again, I want to be taking the top two in the bang here. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, and the two that you've put up are the two I liked. The only concern I'd have about Panty Central is she does have to carry a £5 penalty uh, for her win uh, earlier in the season, um, which is a bit annoying. Um, but the way she travelled the last day was very impressive. And I think she could have tons in hand to maybe still come on. Uh, and then also as well, I quite like, you say, Love Envoy. Um, I think she's got a, maybe a good chance. Um, but how about you, Paul? Who did you like in the Mayor's Novice? I quite like Love Envoy, who is unbeaten in four starts for Connections. She actually won a bumper before. She joined current Connections on Racecourse debut at Wexford in March of last year. She... I actually backed her first time out at Leicester on, on UK debut at the beginning of December and I crunched my ticket. I was going to throw it away after about half a, half a, half a mile or so. She was that keen under Locke and Murta. She still won. She was very impressive that day, I thought, given all things considered. And Johnny Burke has taken over the, the reins since then and she's unbeaten. I think a fast run two mile will suit. I think it will help her to settle. And I don't think... She's been got to the, to the bottom of yet. I think she's overpriced at around... I think probably an 8-1 to one price would be fair for her at the minute. I think she's overpriced around about, uh, what, 12, 14? Yeah, 12s. 12s, yeah. No, I think that's fair. I'd be getting involved with 12s with, with Love Envoy. Okay, so I think we're all in agreement. We've maybe found one at a bit of a price. So, yeah, we're keen to take on the market principles. I think there's been a bit of harmony between us tonight. It doesn't normally happen. Anyway, so we're all in agreement. Love Envoy... Me and Mark also as well like Party Central will give a favourable mention, but maybe the £5 penalty might just be uh, against her. So um, that rounds off the main races. Also, um, we've got plenty of other decent action on the day. We've got some competitive handicaps. Um, I'll come to Paul first. Is there anything away from the racing that we haven't covered that you like? Just having a look at the, the pair times final. I'm going to, for a win selection, the, the Gordon Elliott trained on buying was, was fancied for the, the big handicap hurdle at Leperson last time out, he got hampered, badly hampered in the, the closing stages and the things just didn't pan out. So I think Dunboyne for the, the win selection and that, and if you're having an each-way bet in the part-time final, I'm going to side with Honest Vic, who had a, a short, unsuccessful career over fences, not from four. I thought had a nice sharpener at Huntington over hurdles last time out at the end of January. Has decent course form. Henry Daly said last weekend in his final piece of work, which would have been last Saturday, he never seen him go as well. So honest Vic, I think is I think you, you get a bit of value each way at around about twenty to one for him. Yeah, I quite like the chances of honest Vic, but I do think Winter Fog maybe could be the gamble in that race, certainly. And he he probably got off ridiculously short, but it wouldn't at all surprise me if he won. So a couple of fancies there from Paul. Uh, how about you, Mark? Anything else maybe in the handicaps? In that race of pretense, two I like as well. The first one's another Gordon Elliott runner. is Dallas to Picton's fifth in the Martin Pipe uh, last year. I think he was running a good race in 66. He's probably would have been closer if I got hampered. I think he's around a 20 to 1 chance. And there's one here I think could potentially be a handicap job that caught my eye. I was doing my research. Nicky Henderson's named the campaign. I think this one run, right did it win the Grand Annual in what? 2020? Is that correct? Won the Coral Cup. She won the Coral Cup. Damn the company. Damn the company, yeah. I think this one slightly went under the radar. Um, It's down in the weights as well, Um, running off 139. If this one can reproduce its form, it could be dangerous. Um, But against, again, the old thing, the application of cash, maybe see a little bit of improvement here from GP McManus. Big price, 25 to 1 at the moment. But if that one's off, it's definitely not going to be a 25 to 1 chance. And there's another one I quite liked as well. 
in the Paddy Power plate. I was quite keen on it. There's another Nicky Henderson runner. It's uh, Fusil Raffles. Um, it's currently a, an 18 to 1 chance. That one's off um, 149. I think that could be competitive. And uh, Joseph O'Brien runner in Bitter, 25 to 1. It went off favourite for the Grand Annual uh, last year, 25 to 1. I think that'll run a big race. It's on a nice weight as well, 148. Okay, a few selections there from Mark. I'll just give one other selection. Probably my, my one of my main bets of the festival actually runs in the plate. I really like chances of Imperial Alcazar. He could have maybe gone for the Turners, but I think they're coming here. He's off one five two. Novices have got a really good recent record in this race. I thought he was ultra impressive when he won at Cheltenham last time out. The form looks pretty decent. Java Point uh, was a winner at Dudley the other week. Beakstown as well ran okay at Kempton. I just thought... That, uh, the way he won was very impressive. He could as well have the potential to stay over further. So you know he's going to be up there in the business end. I think he could be maybe the gamble of the race. And I quite like the chances of Imperial Alcazar winning the plate. So that's uh, the thoughts from Paul, myself and Mark on day three of the Cheltenham Festival. Remember to follow us on the socials. We're on Twitter at In The Saddle Pod and also as well on Instagram at In The Saddle Global. So thanks again uh, for Paul and Mark on their thoughts. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.